all got that voice in our head that tells us we can't do stuff. But some people are just better at not listening to it. And by sitting down with those people, asking them questions, and then you know, recording it and blasting it out on the internet, perhaps, maybe, I can help other people like me get out of our own way. Hey guys, welcome back to Closure Optional. Please forgive me. I'm sorry that you didn't have a podcast last week. I know that no excuse is a good excuse, but I am going to tell you one anyway. I've been living in Australia for 12 years, and in that time, not a single member of my family has ever come to see how I live on this side of the planet. But, gloriously and wonderfully, my brother recently proposed to his now fiancé, and they decided that they would like a tropical holiday. So they chose Fiji as their destination, and by lucky coincidence, I happened to live kind of near Fiji, so they decided, fuck it, we'll go and see my sister also. So I had my brother and his lovely fiancé visiting me for the whole past week. So I didn't quite have the time and energy to give the podcast the energy that it needs. Instead, I was busy making sure that my brother saw all the good parts of the Gold Coast and none of the shit parts of the Gold Coast because he was forewarned. Eric Bana, an Australian actor who lives in the United States, my brother and his girlfriend both work in Hollywood, and Eric Bana told Chloe that she was coming to a shit part of Australia. And I don't appreciate that because, yeah, he's 100% right if he's talking about surface paradise, but... I showed them a good time so they can go home and tell Eric Bana that fucking go back to Melbourne or whatever. Anyways. <laughs> He's right. No, he is totally right. Like the Gold Coast sucks. But where I live is really fun. And we had a really good time. We saw waterfalls. They got to see kangaroos and koalas. And you guys don't care. Anyways, I had an amazing time with my brother. It was really weird, actually. It was like I felt... Oddly, I felt so full of love and contentment and happiness that my family was able to finally see how I live and experience my life. But at the same time, I wanted them to go away because I was scared of how sad I was going to be when they left. <laughs> and I thought it would be better if they just left immediately. <laughs> they left this morning and I'm doing okay, so I think it's fine. Anyways, to make up for not having a podcast last week. I have a fucking wonderful podcast for you to kick off May Venture right. I traveled to Brisbane to interview Emmy and Marcus from the Brisbane punk band The Cutaways. I first heard about The Cutaways because uh, Emmy used to play in a band called The Army of Champions, and I once watched her perform live a solo acoustic set, and it was fucking amazing. It stopped me dead in my tracks. I couldn't leave until she finished playing. It was so good. She was just one of the best live performances I've seen in a really long time. And there's a slightly embarrassing moment in the podcast where I tell her that, and you can tell that it made her uncomfortable for how much... Well, I think it was nice. I think it was nice for her to hear how much her music had impacted me, but also I'm just embarrassed of myself because I do these things to people sometimes. I think I'm a little bit overly honest and overly... Um, I, affectionate's not the word because I wasn't like hugging her, but 
I just, I don't know. When I feel like I want to tell someone how much I appreciate what they do, I tell it to them in such a kind of hearty way <laughs> that it sometimes it kind of takes people off guard. Anyways, I've been listening to Army of Champions for a really long time, and I fucking love this band. And I've now uh, discovered the cutaways, and I was so excited to hear that they've still kept a really incredibly cool sound and um, and are obviously progressing as uh, musicians. There's two remaining members of Army of Champions and two new people. So this is a great conversation. We talk a lot about music, about what it's like to be a human being, as usual, and some of the difficult shit that these guys have gone through in life and in music in general. Uh, this is also a very cool conversation because Emmy is a trans woman, and we talk a lot about the transition of being a sort of a well-known singer in a punk band in the public eye, and then having to figure out how to manage that, manage your own internal struggle, and come out to the people that you love and care about and completely transition away from the life that you once knew into a brand new version of yourself. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. If you'd like to find out more about The Cutaways and what they're up to, you can follow them on Facebook at The Cutaways. Also Instagram, same thing, The Cutaways. And they also have a website, which is thecutaways.com.au. And Emmy is going to be touring with uh, none other than Laura Jane Grace, who went through a similar transition at exactly the same time. She is was the lead singer for the band Against Me. They're a punk band, punk rock band from Gainesville, Florida. And now she um, has got another band and she is touring through Australia in June. So if you want to uh, follow that, go to their Facebook page and you'll get to see all the details about that. Also, I'll have all the links on my website as per usual. Um, the beginning of this podcast, that while we're getting kind of settled in, there's a little bit of microphone noise and moving around noise in the beginning, but it sorts itself out by about 10 minutes in. So if it's really frustrating, it's no big deal. You can kind of skip forward to that. Thank you again to all the patrons that support this podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do it any way you feel most happy. Like my pages on Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, all of that shit. You can also subscribe to become a patron of the podcast, which um, my patrons so far have just purchased me a amazing new microphone digital recorder, which helps me go on the road and also has eliminated the need for this ancient mixer that I was using that kept fucking up the sound every single time I tried to do it. It's just overloading my computer. It was too much. Um, I rely on the kindness of strangers to continue to produce the stuff that I'm doing. And um, I really, really appreciate you guys helping me out as always. So please, goodness gracious, without further ado, enjoy this podcast with Emmy and Marcus.
guys hello hello thank you so much for doing this podcast i really appreciate it thank you for having us thank you for having us so um you're playing music still now but not in the band that i knew you from so what what started the cutaways uh so army of champions had a bit of a um we just sort of died off in the end we just sort of got it just gets to the point i think in every everybody that's been in a band for an extended amount of time can sort of say the same thing that it just gets to and if you're sort of not doing much and sort of life gets in the way I think you just reach a point where you just maybe like the motivation's not there and when especially when you're trying to control like four or five people Mm, together you mm. know with all their different lives and it sort of gets gets to the point if everyone's not into it then it just sort of fizzles out in a way yeah and so we sort of went on the um on the quiet for a while and then I was doing like a bit of the solo thing for a bit and actually, at the time, my intention was just to play. I, I was at the point where I was like, I just want to play on my own. I just want to play solo music by myself. Don't have to worry about trying to organise other people yeah. and other people's lives. Other people are the most difficult thing ever. I know. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have enough to worry about with my life. I can't sort of worry too much about other people's lives. But, um, yeah, so for a while, I was just like, I just want to play solo music. I want to do that. And then, like, I think I, I was sort of focusing on that for like a year or two. And then I got to the point where I was like, fuck, I just want to rock out again. I miss being in a band. I miss, like, I miss the experience of like, playing music with other people and creating music with, with other people. So, yeah, and then like Ben, who was in Army of Champions, I, I, I don't know, we got talking and I was like, I got a bunch of these songs that were originally just going to be like solo songs. But I was like, I, I want to do them with a band because I just miss it so much. Cool. And so, yeah, and then so um, me and Ben started doing that and then we knew some other people to, um, to get involved and then it just sort of grew from there. But as far as, like, Army of Champions never actually broke up. It was just, like, it was just, yeah, it was just something that sort of died off. I don't know. I'm thinking about it now, it's like we never actually officially... Are you, like, are you teasing an Army of Champions reunion no. show? Oh, <laughs> yes. I don't think so. Well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, so it just kind of faded away. Well, kind of, yeah. It just got Damn. to the point where, yeah, everyone just got too busy. Like, especially around that period, like, I just sort of had a kid and then a couple of the other guys had kids and, it, yeah, it just, like I said, like, life just 
kind of got in the way and it just fizzled out and the motivation wasn't there and we just kind of felt, felt like we were just in a stagnant place and we weren't really doing too much else. So. That's a really tough place to make music from, to make anything well, creative that's right. from. Yeah, yeah, and you sort of just, and especially for me as a, as a songwriter, if you can sort of feel like, and I'm not putting shit on anyone that was in the band or anything, but when you can sort of feel like the, the motivation isn't there 100% from everyone, then you just sort of lose the drive mm. to do it and you, you put all this effort into to writing these songs and you're like, and that's, like I said, like my motivation just became about writing the songs just for me to play on my own. But, um, yeah, I guess that's just, that's just what happens when, when the, the connection isn't there 100% from everyone. Mm. Mm. But there is something really cool that magnifies when you get a group of people in a room together and you start playing a sound. Do you know what I mean? And, like, each person's little nuance and their little flavour gets involved in it. There's something so fucking magical about that. Totally. It's beautiful. And I think we actually have that now in the cutaways. I mean, we've all been playing music like a super long time, and it's so easy for us to to write stuff and to come up come up with stuff. It's a cool sound. It's a really cool sound. You can tell you guys have been playing music for a long time. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, it's so, just so it, it just works really well. I mean, like I write all my songs on an acoustic guitar, and still with the intention of them being solo songs because I still do play solo quite often. Um, and then we've talked about it quite a bit as well. We just like I bring songs in. And then we put it through like the cutaways filter. So there's like the the, the idea that I have of how they should sound or, or how I imagine them on like an acoustic guitar, and then take them into like a band room and you put them through the, like the fil- the band filter, mm. and, they, and it just comes up with like the sound that we have. Like it's a really kind of interesting um, process. But and even though like and, and I never have like a uh, like a set idea on how how the songs should sound. It's like that's when like the whole band's involved. That's when. Everyone has their input and everyone sort of comes up with their own little things to make it a cutaway song, you know. Yeah, mm. cool. Where, and where do you come from? Uh, so, I, I mean, I've, I've been playing in the scene for, you know, probably about the same amount of time, like quite a long time playing in bands. We've, we all sort of played in bands that our, the circles of our band diagrams didn't quite overlap. Like, we all played around Brisbane and um, I played in bands and Emmy and Ben played in bands, but um, we sort of didn't, we sort of were, were ships in the night. Like we knew really, each other, we didn't really hang out No, no, it was more of like friends of friends. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, when the cutaways started, um, our friend Jeff Payton was playing drums and um, I was playing in a band with Jeff and he was like, oh, we've got, we're starting this new band, it's really, really good You got, and we need a bass player, can you come along? And I was still like, oh, it was, it was sort of like, he kind of pitched it to me like, like a fill-in role because they were sort of like, oh, yeah. they, they, were, you know, they need a new bass player. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll learn the songs and come along and help out. And I just, I just, when I came to the band, it was like, like that, you know, like talking about that, that magical feeling of being in the room with, with a bunch of musicians that are, you know, not to talk ourselves up, but they have a certain level of experience, but also the chill immediately with each other. Yeah. Right. And there's like that magic, there's like that, like that telepathy yeah, back yeah. and forth where we can, we can just straight away play and it sounds, it sounds great and we don't know why parts are working together. Yeah. And that happened like straight away with the cutaways. So yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah, it? yeah, exactly. And it's always, I think, it's always been important for for me, especially being in bands, to build like really good relationships with the people you're in the band with. Like the cutaways have had a few members come and go, but every time it's like you build like this solid sort of friendship. And I think that's such an important thing, and it's part of the reason why I think we work so well together. Mm. It's just to have that sort of aside from like the fact that everyone's really good at what they do, but just having that 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 loving connection, I guess. Yeah, you know? like no, it really is, a, right? It's, it's well, yeah, man, and because it's so sensitive. Mm. Making music, making anything creative is sensitive and it's really hard to talk about mm. that thing that is it, 
if that makes sense. So you're sitting there and you're playing something and you're like, no, that's not it. Yeah. But th- and so it's it really, if you don't have a connection with somebody and that person's like, well, fuck you, what do you mean? Yeah. And you're like, well, yep. if you, I could tell you I would. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. wish there was yeah, a mathematical yeah. formula. I wish we could understand this thing better. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to like work through those little wobbly periods until you both like sink onto something. And it will take a little while to get there, but yeah, exactly. yeah if you don't yeah. have that foundation. No, for yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and like I said, it's, it's something that's always been really, especially for me, really important just to have that sort of connection with everyone you know everyone just has to be really involved in every and just into each other as well like just have yeah yeah i think i think we've been playing long enough to we've all probably played in bands where there's been egos and resentment Mm. and bad emotional stuff between members that can happen in bands just when they've been together for a long time yeah Mm -hmm. but the difference between and also you get older and you don't have any fucking time for that yeah yeah exactly (laughs) that's what i was gonna say you're old this sounds like my dating life Tell me about it. But, like, yeah, well, that's the other thing. Like, you, we're older now. You've got shit going on in your life. You don't want to be in a band room with someone who's just a fucking dickhead, you know? It's yeah. Like, yeah I've yeah, got other absolutely. shit to worry about. I'm not going to put up with this, you know? If you, yeah. God, that's so tough because I never even really thought about that. Like, it's hard enough finding one person that can, like, do the, all of this stuff, like, yeah. tick all the boxes for you in your life and try and make it, them fit, yeah, like, yeah. puzzle pieces. Then imagine them also needing to play the guitar really well. Well, that's it, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't imagine that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I kind of feel like us at the moment and everyone that's kind of been in the band, well, kind of, um, has their life on track enough to not sort of let that sort of come mm. into, like, the band situation, you know? It's, it's just like everyone can sort of got their lives separate and they can sort of handle that on the side and then come into the band room and, and play music and not sort of bring it into the band room where it's going to cause any sort of Shit. any problems. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good thing at the moment. The good thing about being a bit old, we're not that old, but being a little bit older, <laughs> is that you just don't, it's down to that thing where you, you, you don't have time. If you're not, if you, you have so much other things going on in your life, you don't have time to be in a band. If it's not perfect and it's not, everything's not working, yeah. you know, you just, you just don't have the time for it. So, you know. yeah, fuck. Yeah, man. I wonder, um, oh, completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, fuck. Who knows? That's gone. It came and went. I was like, Damn. yeah. It will come back later. This is a really good... <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. fucking on to a good point. No, it's gone forever. Um, so, when you, so when you made that transition out from making solo music and going back into this thing, were you kind of like, I have a set idea of what I need to do? Or were you kind of like, I need some juju? I need something interesting, different to come in. I don't, well, I think the main drive for me was I just, I just missed like rocking out you know like it's cool to play solo shows or whatever and generally especially in Brisbane like you, you get like you book like a solo show or whatever and I don't know like a lot of the time and I, like I don't have a problem with it but you, you'll be playing and people are just like you know people are what generally watching you but there's there's things going on in the background so it's kind of like it's, it's just it's a bit of a different experience as opposed to like being a band on yes, a stage. Yes, I know what you mean. So I've like always a, wondered that. Yeah. Like when somebody's playing a solo, like someone's playing an acoustic guitar and they're singing their heart out and then there are people like shouting about the footy. Yeah, yeah. You know it's such mean? a, yeah, like it doesn't yeah. bother me too much personally. If anything, like I quite enjoy having some people watch me but then just stuff going on in the background just to fill that space in between you know it kind of feels it, to me it, it's a, it just gives it a bit of a, a bit of a vibe or whatever but you i have watched solo acts where it's just like rude you know like especially yeah. like quieter stuff you know like i belt the shit out of my acoustic guitar so it's a bit louder and whatever but yeah but just when it's something like it's quiet and it's sort of it it deserves a bit of respect you know mm. like people should be paying attention if you're not going to pay attention then fuck off go outside or whatever 
Yeah. Um, and even just recently, a couple of weeks ago, like a good friend of mine was playing a show on the Gold Coast, and I just thought, this is fucking rude. Like, uh, really? Yeah. Where was that at? Uh, this cool little venue on the Gold Coast, Vinny's. Um, Vinny's Dive Bar. It's oh, yeah. in Southport. No, yeah. I've oh, never right. even heard of it. I don't out. know Vinny's Dive Bar. Even oh, existed. it's amazing. It's so cool. So it's only been yeah. open maybe, I don't know, sometime like mid last year or something. Oh, cool. But it's just a tiny little place. I know like a couple of the guys running oh, it. Um, but yeah, it's just a really cool vibe. But um, yeah, my good friend Laura Martin was playing a show and she just plays the most beautiful acoustic music. Um, but yeah, it was just like a bunch of drug dickheads. Yeah, just couldn't. Talking about the footy while, yeah. while she was oh, playing. Yeah. It was just. Well, she, just was, she was opening, and you know, that's the, the curse of the solo artist is you end up opening shows, right? Well, exactly, yeah. You know, and, everyone, and she was just pouring her heart out on stage, mm. and it was so beautiful. But we were looking around, and everyone's just like mm. really like loudly talking. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, dude, it's go outside. Like, yeah, you don't exactly. Want to yeah, and it's the kind of thing that you sort of I just you want to enjoy that. it and you want to soak it up and you want to just listen to every note. But and just fucking turn around and pay attention to like the beautiful it's, art that's happening on the stage right next to you. Yeah, yeah. I know, and, and that's one of those things that can, and I can I, I guess I can see that in kind of like a band context where you'd have troubles, is where you have, when one person is experiencing something that's like magical and mind-blowing and somebody else just doesn't feel it. Mm. Like that would be so hard to articulate that to somebody else. Like how can you not see that this is incredible? Mm. And the other person's like, it's just not doing it for me. Yeah. It's just, I don't get it. And, I, you know, like, because when you're in that moment, you're watching something incredible happen and you're just like, how the fuck is nobody else yeah, Well, exactly, right yeah. Now? Especially yeah. when, you, yeah, like you say, you can just sort of feel that, yeah. My, some of my all-time favorite shows, I probably the best show I can ever, th- when I go back in time, was I watched Tim Barry play at, um, where was it in Perth? It was really like a tiny, shitty, dingy hotel bar so it's downstairs it was like this old gross motel upstairs and then this just right i don't know too many perth venues but yeah (laughs) i can't remember where it was it was somewhere just dirty and i remember i i had only just broken up with my boyfriend i was been with him for six years and i was just kind of like i think it's time for me to try and figure out who i am i have never been alone i need to go and just disappear and Tim Barry happened to be playing that next weekend or whatever so I went up and booked a hotel room in this dirtiest wow. hotel and then he was playing downstairs and I just went there I remember standing in the in amongst whatever the fuck was going on I don't know who anyone was around me I don't know what was happening to see one man one guitar me and I just bawling my eyes oh, out just standing beautiful there thing, isn't it? yeah <laughs> and I felt like I had been like teleported totally. you know and every yeah. time I have that rem- rem- memory of that evening it's just like my whole body gets yeah. chills I just remember like Whatever he does, and Tim Barry, man, he oh, of possesses course. he'll do that something. too. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know? but it's such a beautiful thing, like you're saying. So you were obviously going through something very difficult, and I've heard it, and you hear it a lot from like people that just fucking love music. Mm. Will go to a show and they'll have like this revelation, you know, and it would, yeah. and it would just spark something in them and spur on all this change or what. You know, it's just such a beautiful thing that music has that impact, but especially from. It Someone does. It's amazing. like it shatters your yourself apart. That all of a sudden, for like, I almost feel like it's a vacation from yourself for that mm. glorious 20, 30 minutes, whatever it is. You don't have to be you. Mm. You're just a thing experiencing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. And I think yeah. that's an incredible thing. Like, I think a lot of times we, especially in the culture where we're constantly consuming, there's so much stuff. We don't really have time to experience the loss of ourselves. Everything is about adding to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Like, we're in this new world where all of a sudden we're creating Instagram pages and more likes. Everything's like about collecting more and building stacks up mm-hmm. of who you are yeah. rather than breaking yourself apart. Yeah. And those moments where you are 
in on watching a girl sing in the corner at a cafe and just just her and her acoustic guitar and nothing else and you just kind of were like oh, I don't have to be me right now yeah what it's, a great it's, it's feeling a, well totally it is and it's especially as like music fans being able to experience that it's such a special thing and you you sort of feel sorry for people that don't have that kind of yeah you know yes. that, that aren't connected to it in any way and they sort of miss out on those sort of experiences because there, there are I well, I kind of tend to think that there are a lot of people that do sort of miss out on those kind of things just because they don't know what exists, you know. Like some people are yeah. just oblivious to the, the whole experience. Yeah, know? that you could. like, and, and I'd say like probably spiritual, really spiritual people, meditative people would probably say the same thing to me about like, well, you haven't understood the beauty of meditation mm. because you, you can get that same feeling. Like, Because I think I always use a proxy. I use drugs or... Um, music or something like that to help teleport me into that space so that I can disappear for a little while and then come back to myself. Mm -hmm. Because I think personally, I feel like it was always a lack of confidence, mm -hmm. like how, or also that kind of fear of what's in there. Do you guys ever feel that feeling? Like, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, um, I was like talking about like, I, I don't know what to call it. Other something better than Instagram culture or whatever, but that, that whole thing of like, where it's like dangerous to be vulnerable you know, like like people don't want to be vulnerable because it's because it seems to be about, like you said, like collecting things and and getting likes and and looking good and like and doing this thing. Whereas like, so people put up a lot more. My perception is that people put up a lot more barriers around themselves, and those yes. barriers can prevent you from having experience like that, from like having like a a unique moving connection with an artist or with, with yeah. a piece of music or with a piece of art or whatever. Yeah, well, that's true, man. Because it does. It's like. You, everyone is their own individual self that is being a something that it's, it's, it's almost like I'm not going to give you that like until you prove that you get it or something in a way, yeah. you know, it's like we've commodified appreciation. So like the, I, I'll give you a follow back if you can prove to me that it's worth me following you back. And this is how we interact with each other now on a social norm basis like is that picture good enough to put my thumb down not sure you know whatever so we have it's now a commodity my attention is somebody's com is a commodity so when you get to share that moment like it's like I'm giving you something what am I getting back instead of just sitting there and being like nothing else needs to exist right yeah, now yeah. and I do wonder though I think because we've propped up this necess necessity to be a self and know who you are and the other fucking annoying thing about that whole vulnerability thing is that people are like, just be vulnerable, just be yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you're like, bitch, you don't know what the fuck you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But while, meanwhile, like Jim selfie in tights, you know, and you're yeah, like, yeah, uh -uh. yeah, yeah. A selfie of me meditating on a mountain. That yeah. Is so, so incredibly staged. Like, yeah, you are so vulnerable yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that beautiful, vulnerable yeah, yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh -uh. I, can't, I can't talk too much about selfie culture because I'm. 100% into it. So. Oh, no, are you a master <laughs> selfie taker? <laughs> well, tell me, what's the what's I mean, the you're, you're a self-documentarian, though. Self, well, yes, that's, yeah, that's way better. You're document, <laughs> documenting <laughs> slices cool. of life. Yeah, I don't know. What is it? I, what, uh, what does it feel? I don't know if I'm going to regret saying this. I, I, I like the likes, you know, to be honest. Yeah, there's definitely that. And, well, and, and as a trans woman as well, I think this is pretty huge for me. Um... I, I like especially in the first few years of my transition, I felt like I, I felt like it was important for me to put myself out in, into the world and to, for people to see Fuck that yeah. I'm living like a, a relatively normal life. I'm happy. I'm a, you know, despite my experience, it's it's all mostly positive. You know, yeah. I like putting that out into the world, and I like 
the idea of especially people that have no exposure to, to, to sort of trans issues or, or trans people's lives for them to get to see it you know that, that was a really really huge thing for me and I guess it still is really and aside from the fact also that I'm proud of, of how far I've come you know like I'm proud of the things that I do and I'm proud of like my friends and um the, the music that I play and how I look you know like it's yeah it's being a able, bad thing, right? yeah fuck yeah <laughs> being able to see how far you've come I think that's well, yeah. a really cool thing well, exactly. to, yeah to make it from A to B all the way across that and have that is a cool thing about social media is that you can document that entire experience and then go and well, review anything yeah. anytime and that's yeah and anytime it feels exactly. tough you can be like no look where I came from yeah totally yeah that's interesting. especially like having a kid as well like I think I think just to be able to set an example for him like something for him to look back on as mm. well you know just to be proud of his mama, you know, that's something kind of, it's always in the back of my mind as well, so. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of my experience. And you're kind of an enigma in at least this community, like this world where you come from, like, was that a difficult transition to make at that point? No. No, no, because of the world that I live in, you know, it's, it's just been super easy. And I knew, I always knew it, like I had, there was a period of like two years where I just sort of came out privately to, to close friends and family and all that. But I knew, like, in that two years, I just couldn't wait to come out because I knew how accepting, especially, like, the music community and the punk rock communi- community would be. But there was all this other stuff going on that I just sort of had to sort of stretch it out. But, I like, I was excited to do it because I knew 100% all these yeah, people would have back. my back, you know, especially being a musician and playing in a band. Um, I just knew, like, I knew how widely accepted it would be and I would be fine. And it's just, it's been mostly positive and it's... Oh, that's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah. That's sick. Because that's a funny thing, because you look at the punk rock community from the outside, and it's like just all hardcore, cool people, mm. tattoos, <laughs> fucking muscles. And yeah, yeah. Is well, it not at all like that? No, on the well, inside? I've been involved in it long enough to know, you know, especially in, in the Brisbane community, but it's, it, I, I, I had been involved for long enough to know that, you know, it would be like a really, really positive thing. Mm. Mm. It's kind of the nice thing about outcasts and misfits is that. Anybody goes, you yeah. know what I mean? Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the coolest shit about it. Yeah, and I, I remember when I first ever, that's what I was saying to Rowan on the podcast like, my first ever, um, so the first time that I realized that like music could speak on my behalf was when my brother had come home and brought me like a Pennywise album. I think my brother's about four years older than me, and he brought this, yeah, which one was it? Unknown Road, he brought me home, and I was listening classic. to it, and I was just like, <laughs> yeah, just old classic yeah. standard four chord <laughs> totally, music. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I get it. They know what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, isn't it such a crazy thing, like being a kid and hearing that shit, and you're just like, fuck, this is. This, this is what is I need. What I yeah, yeah, this is exactly, yeah, this is me. This is just such a huge thing. And it's such a, yeah, like I talk to people about this all the time, just when it when you do find that, and it was, so, so you're saying like Pennywise Unknown Road was your album that sort of That was changed. the very, yeah, I think that was the first thing. Sitting there, sitting on the floor in my bedroom and just going, oh my God. Yeah. I didn't know, because a lot of my friends were listening to country music or rap when mm. I was growing up. That was yeah. it. But, that, but what I was going to say, it's like such a huge thing. Like that was your album. But for me personally, it was Green Day's Dookie that changed my life. Ah, really? And I've talked to a lot of people about this sort of over the last few years, just about how something can grab you as like a 12 or 13 or 14 year old and basically just map out the person that you're going to be for the rest of your life, you mm. know? And it, well, in my case and a lot of other people that play in bands, make you want to play music and sort of d- dedicate so much of yourself to that for however long. Yeah. But it totally just changes who, who you are and maps out who you, who you are and the way that you treat 
people and mm. yeah it's just it's such a huge huge thing it, yeah yeah what was yours it you was green days dookie yeah. it was too. yeah it really was yeah. that's probably well, why I'm you're in the dumb. same band as yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well this is like a, it's uh, actually been on a bit, bit of a um a green day sort of got, sort of going back and listening to a lot of green day stuff recently just because it's like the 25th anniversary of dookie this mm. year so they're sort of putting up a lot of stuff on like social media and stuff but it's really exciting for me because it's like taking me back to like <laughs> how much it how much it changed my life it just made such an impact on me oh yeah it's cool it, and it slides you into another group it's like um it's like being able to figure out how to make that transition away from being a kid inside a household then being a human being then being a human being amongst friends and how am i supposed to be what am i supposed to think about stuff because mm. you know you have those feelings like you watch something going on and you're like uh I don't know that I feel right about that, but mm. everyone else seems to be okay yeah, with it. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah, how to yeah, deal with it. And then, and then you start hearing people talking about those things, and you're kind of like, all right. Well, this is why I think podcasts are one of the coolest things in the fucking world, is that you can hear people, like people have listened to your music for however many years, whatever, and then they can sit there and listen to the way your brain operates mm -hmm. and then go back and listen to your music and be like, ah, that yep. fucking makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's such a cool thing. Like to be able to... And and that is something that I have so much respect for, which I really struggle with. I've attempted to figure out how to put my words into poems or something, like get my thoughts out in a way. I'm too wordy. I realize that I need a novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not concise enough. Yeah, right. But there's something so cool about painting such a nice, sharp picture mm -hmm. that can that you could take an idea. It's a little fractal of an idea and just nugget. Yeah, and still express an idea or whatever. Fuck yeah. yeah. And a whole tone behind it so that you take a poem like that and then turn that into something that's an entire tone that's going to ca captivate an entire audience. Mm -hmm. When I watched you play, at, um, it was Hits and Pitsies, it wasn't it, down in Byron. I remember I was walking in because I was supposed to go and listen to, like obviously we bought tickets to see the whole thing and I was supposed to go in to see this big band that was about to start. And it was someone international. Was it was like an American band that I was supposed to see that I hadn't seen forever. Right. And I started walking back there and then you were out in the front room and I was like, <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah. I'm just going to stop in here <laughs> wow. for one second. Uh. And I sat up, I stood up against the bar and I was just looking and you were standing here and I think you had like a group of your friends that were right in front of you because they were periodically chatting to you in between songs. Right, yeah. And I was sitting here against the bar and I don't know how long I was there. I don't know what the fuck happened. I lost wow. all my friends. Everyone was gone and I was just like... <gasps> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it was Thank you. mind blowing. Oh, that's cool. Thank you. It really, like that, it, it was one of those things where you can directly tell that the human being is connected mm -hmm. in that moment to exactly what you were doing. Like mm -hmm. you were so connected to the thing that you were doing and saying such a strong truth that I couldn't leave until it was done. Oh, that's beautiful. It was so cool as shit, man. Yeah, I, I think sometimes as a musician, you kind of forget that you have or can have that impact on some people. Mm. And it's kind of like the last thing on your mind when you're playing. It's, it's You just want to play well and, you know, hopefully get some a decent reception from it. But you, you sort of forget that to, to a lot of people it can sort of have that impact. And yeah. I guess sometimes you take, especially like old songs, songs I've been playing for a long time, you sort of, you sort of, you sort of forget the impact of those words, you're just singing them and you're just playing them. Yeah, like yeah. the way that it felt to you when you first wrote it is yeah, the way yeah. everyone else feels it every time. Well, but yeah, that's right. But that's, that must be a tough thing. I always wonder that about comedians too. Like how, how do you guys shake that out of you? Like if you've been playing the same songs over and over and over, how do you get that rid of that feeling of like monotony? Can you snap yourself out of it or do you kind of just get stuck? If it's in there, you get uh, I, I generally, I don't know. It's, it's hard. Like, I think if, if, if we're like in a practice room or whatever and we're doing like our set, 
like getting ready for a show or whatever, it can be a bit monotonous. Mm. <laughs> but I think every time you play it, play them live, it's just it's just always yeah. fun. It just never loses its its, its thing, you yeah. know. Like, I think I think with the old songs, like you, we you, we know them so well. So yeah, in in practice room, they can be a bit boring to play. But then mm. when you're playing them live and you're getting a reception from the crowd mm. and you don't have to, you're not thinking about how does this next bit go. Yeah, yeah. You can really sort of just rock out and, and kind of enjoy it a bit more maybe. So yeah. some, in some way the old songs are actually oh, really wow. fun to play yeah, on stage. Exactly, yeah. You know, because you're yeah. not worried. There's no, there's no anxiety about those songs because they're just muscle memory, yeah. you know. So yeah. you, you're pretty sure we're going we're gonna to play them fairly well yeah. and, you know, and to see the audience reacting to it, then you can really sort of maybe enjoy that a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I totally get that. And then because you know that they're good songs, you know, if you've been playing them for this long, you know that they're ones that obviously the crowd likes. Or yeah, whatever. they've lasted. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. you know, people like them. So that sort of, yeah, sort of gets you through as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, I was actually thinking that last, because I actually played a solo show last night. And like, there's a couple of songs I've been playing for years and years and years. But one in particular, I'm like, I just love this song so fucking much. Mm. And it's still, yeah, it's still fun to play. It still gets a really good reception. It means a lot to me. It's, yeah, it's just... Yeah. Which one's that one? So it's an old Army of Champions song. It's called Burning Alive. Ah, cool. Um, and that song's actually really huge for me, and I, I probably won't ever stop playing that solo, but it, it just... Um, I wrote it, like, pre-coming out, pre-transition. Um, and, yeah, I just still get this feeling. And it just, I, I remember the, the day that I actually came out to my ex-wife, I had been practicing at home on my own for a, like a solo show, and I had been playing. I was playing that song, and the words obviously quite metaphoric and not so direct, and saying, you know, I'm trans or whatever. But I remember playing it, and I just got so fucking emotional, and I made a decision like while I was playing at home, I'm coming out. Wow. And so it's, it still has such a, such a huge impact on, on on me. So yeah, and I still oh, just okay. love playing it live. And actually, a friend of, friend just sent me a video. Um, of me playing it last night. I was like, yeah, I still fucking have such... Like, I kind of get goosebumps myself, like, listening to it and, yeah. Yeah. Especially when I play it well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, yeah, man. That would be an intense thing. Well, it is, yeah, totally. There's something There's something incredible, too, that music can do that to you. That was, for me, that was Tim Barry making that decision for me. And I was just going along, and then all of a sudden I was like, I can't live like this anymore. Mm -hmm. There's just... No, I, I feel stuck. Yeah. Doing whatever this is that I'm doing is not who I need to be. Mm -hmm. It's nothing compared to what you're talking about. Right. No, but it's but that <laughs> feeling where you make a life decision and it's like, no. And it was. I, I needed the confidence of somebody else telling me that this is not the way that you can live your life. Mm -hmm. You can do something different. And it's not just like an Instagram influencer staring down the camera at me being like, you can be anybody you want to be. It's something that, and I've been talking to a friend about this this morning. It's like really good motivational changes happen when somebody holds up a mirror to your own face and you, f for the first time, see whatever it is that you haven't seen. Because mm -hmm. it doesn't help for someone to look at you and be like, listen, we know what yeah. you want to be yeah. and you're not doing it. And then you're like, all right, well, fuck you. How do you know me better than me? But somebody brings something up to you. You hear that sound. You hear something. Something turns it on inside you and then you go, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then music's such a, a crazy thing as well because something can sort of impact you and like you say, you can sort of hear this song or whatever the singer's talking about. Um, and even though it might not be as... It's your, your interpretation of what they're saying, but you can take right. so much from it, right? Like even yeah. though it's not the, the intention of 
and I've heard people like say, oh, your your song, you know, this obviously means this, and you're referring to this, this, and this. It's like I'm fucking not, but you, you, you've got something. <laughs> yeah, but you got whatever you, you took. Got. Yeah, yeah, you took something from it, so that's that's the important thing, you know. Like, yeah. Do you have trouble with that? Uh, what do you mean? Like I, 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 I am a bit precious about my ideas sometimes in a painting. Right. And I have an idea that I'm trying to get across. Okay. And I will turn it in on myself if somebody misunderstands it. No, right. No, well, I'm, I'm purposely not very direct in my lyrics. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. And I, like, I feel uncomfortable writing anything that's too direct. Like, I think I've got a bit better at it in the recent years, but a lot of metaphors, I just yeah. have to. Like, I, I just prefer it that way. I, I find, like, and I've sort of been analysing the way that I write because, I, like, I compare myself a lot to, like, other writers that I love and I'm like why can't I write anything that like it's still direct but it still makes an impact you know but I, I kind of feel like I just paint like a, a broad picture using like a lot of different words yeah kind of okay. it's, it's really hard for me to explain but it's without being too direct it's it, I like to think when I read my words it sort of just gives you like a um a vision of something you know yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's really hard for me to explain well, I have, I've sort of been analysing my legs and trying not to be so critical on what, what sort of like what, what I sort of come up with. But do I think, you feel like you're getting a point across? Um, like, do you feel like you're able to say what you want to say? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and there's something really beautiful and confident about subtlety. I think um, I've talked about this. I think before with Lucas, maybe, but I think um, like Mark Knopfler is the ultimate master of subtlety from the Dire Straits. He will make these riffs that just hang in the air, mm. and there's so much space in between them, and there's so much time for you to digest it your way. Mm. And sometimes when someone's slapping you in the face with stuff, it feels a little bit preachy. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. So I think what you're. I think what you're doing there is. Probably, and the reason why I asked if it feels like you're getting your point across, because this whole thing is about you trying to find an authentic way of speaking, Well, that's right, right. yeah. And if you feel like you're getting your point across, then I think you're probably doing a very good job. Well, yeah, well, that's right. And for example, like, I I, I felt like I started being a lot more direct in, like, songs that I'd written sort of the last couple of years. Um, When I went through, like, a separation and and a divorce, like, just a long-term relationship breaking up, it just felt like like that had just come from like a new place for me. I'd mm. always been like in pretty a pretty solid relationship and all that kind of thing, but then just writing a song f- after like a whole new experience was like a whole new thing for me. Wow! And I actually found it quite interesting that I could write quite direct and be quite comfortable with it. Yeah, a you little know, bit like, of independence. Because well, a long time I was writing songs about being trans and hiding them in metaphors <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But this was something real and it was something really really true. Um, but yeah, it was just like it's something completely new, something huge had happened to me. This is how I'm going to write about it. So I think like different experiences also can affect the way that it comes out. You know? Yeah, fuck yeah. it. <laughs> well, you would have been dropping layers, just fucking dropping yeah, like, well, exactly. like shedding off. Quite like, yeah, exactly. Different yeah. layers of skin, like they're just. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Don't need that one anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. I think um, that probably I was what happened because Laura Jane Grace did a similar thing she went through a similar thing but she would she have done that before you did uh interesting story so no she came out she came out uh actually May 2012 (laughs) (laughs) you're like I know I'm pretty pretty (laughs) certain that was it um and then I came out um to my ex-wife like six months after that. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so right around the same time, huh? Kind of, yeah. Wow. And I, but I still can't really pinpoint whether or not it was 
the influence of her coming out was what made me do it. Like, I, it, just, yeah. it just was just really weird um, set of circumstances. Like, I don't know if, like, if, if she hadn't come out or, you know. Yeah, yeah, what would have changed? Well, yeah, I have no idea. It's just, mm. yeah, it's really weird. Because I remember being in Brisbane watching Against Me play, and it, it was the Against Me, a whole band, and they played that song, Ocean. Mm-hmm. And it was just that at that moment, and he's talking about um, if I could have chosen, I would have been born a woman. And I just remember looking around and seeing that it was this really like high energy, high up tempo against me show, the way they always play, you know, mad energy. And that was just so quiet and silent. Mm. And I remember everyone just standing in there. And we all walked away from it. And my ex was like, fuck, that's a weird song to write. Isn't it like what an odd song? Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, it was a weird song to write. Well, yeah, I never, I never felt felt that that like as a closeted trans person at the time when that came out, I just thought she was just writing fucking deep lyrics, you know? Like yeah. she, she'd referred to like um, gender um, uh, issues and stuff, or whatever, in her songs previously. But I just thought, I just thought it was, I never, I never picked up on the fact that maybe she was hiding the fact she was trans. I just thought it was just like. Yeah, you can only really figure it out in retrospect. No, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, that obviously um, was a pretty huge thing for me. Actually, I've told people in the past, like when she came out, she put this this article in Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah, it freaked me the fuck out. Like I was like, like I say, like as a closeted trans person at the time, I was like, holy fuck. This means everyone's going to be talking about this thing that I've just avoided my whole life. Like wow. I would get really anxious and sort of worked up if, if anything related to being trans or anything came up. So, and I was like, oh my god, people are going to be talking about this all the, all the time. But at the same time, the way in the back of my mind, I was like, this is so fucking cool. This yeah, because at least it's kind of opening that yeah, conversation. Well, well, I just felt like this singer who I admire has the same feelings that I do, you know? Like, I can relate to this person on a really fucking deep level. Wow. But at the time, I was like, there's no way I'm... <laughs> you know, this is... <laughs> like, that would have been fucking scary no, as was. fuck. But, yeah. but then it was kind of, like, I guess, overall, like, it worked out really well because my ex-wife at the time, like, she was a huge Against Me fan as well. And she found the whole thing super, super fascinating. So I guess when my time came to come out, she at least had this understanding of what it was all about. Because previous to that, I mean, you don't, we didn't know anyone yeah, who was yeah. trans or there was no one like sort of famous or anyone at the time that was, that was trans. Yeah. So she, she had sort of learned quite a lot about the, the whole thing um, leading up to it. So it sort of, made, I guess, if anything, made my situation a lot easier when I had to sort of bring it up with her. Because they were in the same situation. They were married as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Wow. Fuck, yeah. Were you worried about being able to like be yourself on stage in front of other people after you'd said that? No. no. I, well, I knew it would be like a positive thing. Yeah. I wasn't worried about it. If any, like I was excited to do it. Like I was saying before, like I was just super excited just to be a performer, mm. be my true self. Yeah. yeah. It was a really exciting thing for me to, to be able to do. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and then to know, like I said before, that the community would have my back. Yeah. Know, the majority of them anyway. They're still... Shitheads out there, but <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, everyone's pretty fucking cool, you know? Yeah, man. Your, your voice had changed a lot, too, since you went from Army of Champions well, to the so. Cutaways. <laughs> majorly. Yeah. And I feel like like you've you've definitely got like a lovely tone now around your voice. Like, you've always had one of the coolest voices getting yeah. around, though. Well, like, really grating. Yeah. Fucking rad rock. I did. Music. I was doing like the, the pretty, yeah, the growly thing for a while. 
I was, I was huge. I'm a huge Tom Waits fan. So that yeah. was, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> and I don't, know if, I don't know if, like, somewhere in the back of my mind, I was like, um, well, it's a, it's a funny thing because, like, Army of Champions did the um, Animal versus Man album, uh, which the majority of it is, is about um, this sort of inner sort of war, you know, trying to keep this thing buried and no way it's ever coming out. Yeah. Um, Shake out the sort of battle, Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of just running away from like, the whole thing. And it's, uh, yeah. I remember when we put the album together, I wanted it to be like a journey kind of thing. And the whole thing is just like me running away from this thing. Um, when we, rec- we did like a 10-inch or like an EP or something like a couple of years later, I had since come to terms with everything. And um, a lot of the songs like that, Burning Alive songs on there, a lot of them are like me saying, basically in my words, there's song, there's, it's pretty direct. Some of them like saying I want to wear a dress and all this kind of thing yeah um but the funny thing about that 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 ep is that my voice had just gotten a lot growlier like in the, <laughs> in the two years so i'm seeing all this these songs about being a closeted trans woman <laughs> and my voice is just fucking so, yeah, just so <laughs> it is not i can't i can't listen to it now i, I seriously oh, wow. cannot i won't listen to it just because yeah. i'm like oh my god what the fuck was i doing <laughs> but like part of that as well is like the, a good friend of ours recorded a couple of our albums and he's like fuck i love your voice you yeah keep doing that make it growlier i was like yeah fuck it it does sound good but this, I just can't do it now. So, but the funny thing about it, like the lyric content, as opposed to what you're hearing, is um, two very different things. Well, it's <laughs> amazing. Like, isn't that funny when you go through the, like different changes in your life? When you look back at that person, you look back any period of time before, and you're like, "Who the fuck?" Yeah, I know. That? I know. I g- Such an odd sensation. You mm. know, you are you still. Yeah. Whatever you are, this consciousness was the same feeling that you've always had, even since you were two. Mm. It's the same experiencing being, but. Fucking who was that? Mm. Uh, I definitely have a hard time with that. Like looking back on the person I was, I get, really? I get, I get, and I'll be. I think I've actually mentioned to friends, don't post, don't tag me in pictures of like pre-transition because I just don't. Really. I can look at them, and I'm quite happy to look back at like old photos of myself, or whatever. But I just don't like the rest of the world seeing them. I don't know. I get. It might just be like a phase, but for the past past couple of years, I just haven't felt been comfortable with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've you're uh, you've basically are re-identifying everything that means what you are. I went through that too when I stopped drinking. I had a feeling of like, oh, I got to just be this different person and how embarrassing for me. I cull my Facebook periodically, just go back in time and be like, oh, I'm ashamed of that. It's usually like if I meet a new guy and then I imagine them looking at my Facebook through their, my imagination of what they're thinking. Like, how fucking mental is that? Who does that? Who takes the time and energy to be like, oh, I like what this person does. I think they're nice. I like what their views are on things. Now I'm going to put that all into my head and imagine a human being and then go to my Facebook page, review it from this person's (laughs) character. I've done the same thing. Have you? Oh, good. I'm not totally mental. I think anyone with a shred of anxiety has done something similar. Really? Do you do the same thing? No, I have done. I've certainly looked back on... Stuff that I've written, whether it's a Facebook post or just like stuff that I've written, you know, like write bit pieces of writing, and then like who the fuck wrote that? Yes, <laughs> yeah. Know, like, what kind it, of? It was the it, same person. It was it was me five years ago, <laughs> yeah. you know. But like I was just like I can't fathom, no, yeah, like, you know, holding oh. this view or, or writing this thing or, or thinking this was cool or, or you know, yeah. Although but, although sometimes you do get surprised and you're like, wow, this is. This I didn't is think good. this was much at the time, but this is actually kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think it goes both ways. Mm. <laughs> I'm usually 
more embarrassed than I. I think. I think usually the embarrassment is usually the path. I think the biggest thing for me was like coming out of like a marriage, like we talked about, and then just. I don't know. I had this thing in my mind, like I don't want guys going back through and seeing who I was before. Ah, yeah, mm. yeah. That's interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. So that was like the biggest thing for me, I think. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> but like I said, it could just be like a phase. I don't know, maybe one day I might just be really comfortable with who I was. But Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and imagining too probably, and I have no idea, but imagine like that also represents, the, especially up to the transition period, a whole lot of time in your life where you're like, I, this is who I think I'm supposed to be. This is who I am. It doesn't feel right. This isn't what I want to be. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that person at that time, it's you like see probably yeah, 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 all ex- of that. Yeah, anxiety. totally. Yeah, it does bring back a bit of yeah. Oh. Like I look at like old photos of myself, and I sort of remember the period of time that it was, and it's like oh fuck, I was so fucking yeah. sad then. You know, like this was such a really tough point for me. You know, but but yeah. saying that, like a lot of amazing memories and stuff growing up. Like I didn't have a traumatic sort of experience pre pre coming out or anything. It was mostly pretty good but yeah there was definitely certain times where I can sort of remember it wasn't yeah it wasn't like the best thing (laughs) yeah fuck when um did you guys did you feel like you struggled after you would come out and after you had already kind of like made this transition did you notice that people listening to your music would did you ever get any negative feedback from it or anything no well yeah um I don't think they did really I think well and I remember, like, talking to, like, close friends of mine, like, before I come out, and they're like, people are going to embrace this and people are going to support you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, to be honest, I think, especially with the cutaways, because I did come out, like, uh, there was maybe, like, a period of about a year or something when Army of Champions was still playing and I was, and I had come out. Um, but, t- to be honest, like, in a, in a way, it, obviously, it's, a, it's something that it gets people's attention, you know, mm. a, a trans singer in a band might be like the start of something for, for like the reason for someone listening to it possibly I don't know do you know do you know what I mean yeah yeah um I don't know if it generates more interest or whatever you know yeah, like I, I, I can't really that. say whether it would be more popular or less popular if I wasn't trans but I think people definitely embrace it there's definitely a lot of su- support um and I, I love being able to make that connection with people especially females like after yeah. playing a show or whatever and, and people like you know how can I say this without saying about myself? But, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're amazing, you, you know? like seated. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so many people tell me I'm amazing. Yeah. Like, it's really hard. I don't know. That's kind of, but, but you know what I mean? Like, I like... I like, I, I, I love being able to have that impact on, yeah. on people. And like I say, especially females, you know? It's yeah. It's like an inspiring way for someone to, to play in a band or whatever or, or whatever, you know? I think it's, it's a great thing. Yeah, and that's got to be um, pos- a positive thing for... You know, a young maybe a young person who's who's thinking well, about again, coming out yeah, to see someone like you well, that's right, doing yeah. what you want and, and living life on your own terms yeah. and playing in a punk band and all those other things like that's yeah that's got to be a positive thing right mm. and there's always there's always going to be people who are going to maybe like your band because of like a reason that's not the music like maybe someone will like the band because because you're trans some people maybe some people will not like the band because you're trans yeah yeah that's going to be saying like you know people who like bands because they're mohawks are vegans yeah people who don't <laughs> like the band because they're mohawks are vegan you know but, like, yeah I think yeah for the most part it's going to be the music. yeah but that's yeah, but that's the important thing as well. Other trans people, young trans people, someone that I can sort of reach to and connect with and, and they can sort of get something from it. I think yeah, that's kind of cool yeah. as well. Um, but I also love, like, I, I we've played shows and you can sort of tell, like, especially like, like a staunch dude will be like, who the fuck is this? You know? <laughs> and then just playing really well and then yep, like blowing yep. them away. Like I'm, I'm, and I'm always, like, really confident in that. You know, yeah, so like, like I can see, I can see someone's got attitude. Yeah, I can yeah, see yeah. One, like, someone, like, laughing in the crowd or, like, joking around with their mates. And then by like the end of the set, like they're actually watching it, and they're like, oh, 
this. And yeah, pretty good. Like, you know what oh, I mean? Well, that's what I take from it. That's what I tell myself in order to, to, to make myself <laughs> to feel better about it. But, well, exactly. And I think I have to. I need that mindset. You know, I need... Yeah, yeah. There's something that I've definitely learned. I need to sort of tell myself things to sort of. Well, and it's cool as shit too because you can be anything. You can be all those layers. Like you, I mean, you because you've got this fucking mean, deep, rad sound. You've got this super cool, beautiful voice. You can fucking do any level of it. So it doesn't matter. You're not fitting into any box, one direction or the other. Mm. So I think like, and he kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like you have now. You have an entire array of people. You basically have a 360-degree view of anyone in the world that can relate to you on some level or another. Because that's the problem with being a stereotype of being stuck in any one of these boxes or I'm this way and I'm only this way and this is the only way it can be. It's like, mm. No, look at all of the cool shit you can do in any way you want to do it. Yeah. As long as you are connected to your music, the mm. way you make music look, and you love making music, yeah. fucking do it. Be honest about it and just be honest about who I am, honest about music and everything. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I, that'd be cool if I can turn somebody around. We uh, There's a um, fighter in Thailand right now who's a trans woman, and she fights all the men there, and she beats the fuck That's out so of them. That's so fucking cool. That's the best. Long so but why is she fighting it? men? It, like Because I think just because of her, her have, body, uh, yeah. I think... And I've, it's in Thailand, it's really normal. Like, they have ladyboys all the time. It's a very normal situation. Yeah, yeah. Go, and so she just, that's the way she lives her life. And she, but she's so, always. So, so it's obviously not an issue for the, the whole sort of organization there. Like, she, she's no. quite happy to fight. Yeah, yeah oh, yeah. yeah, right, shit, okay, yeah. Cool. She's happy to fight him because she kills him. <laughs> yeah. She fucking <laughs> smashes him. She's fighting in big, huge stadiums, oh, selling out stadiums. That's so and fucking cool. Yeah, she's, mm. yeah, she's incredible, and she's incredible to watch. And I think, like, if she was fighting women, she'd be murdered. Yeah, <laughs> like, be right. Just, well, I just remember there was a, I don't know if it was, is this Muay Thai? This is Muay Thai, Muay Thai. yeah, <laughs> specifically Muay Thai. And Muay Thai. she's Thai. There is an MMA fighter that's a different story. I was going to say in the States? Yeah. And she was trying to get into like the women's women's league. division yeah division right yeah because i remember reading something about that and, and yeah because i remember joe rogan got himself into all kinds of like worry about this because they're you know the trans community was upset with him because he said that he, sh- he didn't think that she should be fighting other women because her body structure was different and th- and this is a whole thing like nobody fucking knows like yeah. ha- the nuance of this it's so brand new when it comes to athletic stuff i get sort of a bit lost in it as well as well yeah. but yeah because it's like wh- i don't know what line you draw there and i don't and especially when it's physical stuff that you mm. your physical body can cause damage or harm to another physical body you've got we make that that's why we fight based on weight so that your weight division you, you don't ever fight someone who's going to be double your size because mm. it's just no matter what, I, f- I train with girls like that are younger than me that probably have fought way more than me. They've, they've got much more experience than me. She's actually one girl that I'm thinking of right now. She's a much better fighter than me, but I've always been bigger than her. Yeah, right. So I can always overpower her. Mm-hmm. No matter what, I can always take care of the situation. And that's just not fair. In a fight, it would be a disaster. So I think that's, and that's where Joe got into trouble. But what's cool about what Nong Rose is doing is she's just like, you put someone in front of me and I'll fight and I'll fight so well that you cannot question me Mm -hmm. and it's an amazing thing 
Yeah, and I think, and fair enough, I think I think that this is a conversation that needs to continue to be had going forward because it's going to be like this. Like, these younger people, especially now, I went to that kink party, <laughs> to the BDSM <laughs> party, yeah, yeah. and the lines are being blurred across the board. You know, like, there was no set regulation rules on what was anything. Anything was anything of anything at any point. And what was kind of cool about being in that environment was that just the fact of what you are became so unimportant. Mm. It was, who are you? What do you like to be around? Do you feel a connection with this other person? What are you interested in doing? And if you want to feel it out, let's try it. Yeah. And as, it could be as weird as getting fucking needles in your dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or not, or whatever. But the cool thing about it was like, it didn't matter. The, the The rules don't apply. The only rules that matter is like, is this consensual? Is this something you want to do? This is where my pain threshold goes to, and let's give it a go. Yeah. And, and that's, the point is the conversation. Mm. What's weird is that we can't talk. No, but obviously like things like that are becoming a bit more known, I guess. It's sort of like, well, yeah. that would, people might necessarily, might not necessarily have ever heard of something like that going on but obviously with like the, the internet and stuff and social media and everything people know that they, if they are sort of open to sort of things like that dick, needles in your dick then you can sort of there is some way that you can do it and it's, yeah. I've got just the person for you <laughs> <laughs> I know where to find her <laughs> yeah um, and that's yeah. the thing I think that having that connectivity through the internet being able to have these conversations being able to have uncensored conversations about crazy shit that goes on in the world and I think that's like the aim of this podcast is to try and get voices and conversations being had about shit that you'd never hear yeah. normally talked about and why not because it doesn't hurt anybody in fact I think it brings people so much closer together it really frightens me that there are like structural rules that not that's a thing we don't talk about no you don't talk about politics religion sex it's like no I think we need to particularly talk about those things because mm -hmm. they're all the driving force of everything that drives our culture everything that happens underneath the surface mm. Yeah, well, and, I, and that's what the cool thing about what you do, man. You know, like the more you're putting yourself out there and putting other people out there that are in the same situation, inspiring other people to do the same shit that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? But it, just like being visible as well. Like, yes, uh, maybe if it's not inspiring people to do the same thing, but just so people, it's in their faces, you know? It's like, oh, trans people do it exist and they can play footy or they can like it's an option yeah well that's right yeah you know? and it just doesn't put us in like a separate box people are just because that's the, that's the whole problem i think the boxes thing is really what's starting to frustrate me and i'm noticing this more and more like i had um a difficult time trying to come to terms with like is it okay to fight because i'm a creative person i always had this feeling of like oh no i live in this world over here where i you know, like you have to be this quiet, introspective, creative person, and these are all bogan fuckwits. Yeah, you know, like totally. everyone in the fight world's got mullets and they're idiots and mm -hmm. they don't know anything about anything. The more martial artists you meet, the more you realize they have <laughs> really good brains, mm -hmm. really interesting people, super meditative, like deep yeah. spiritual people. And then you're like, oh fuck, I've just been an asshole my whole yeah, life. Yeah, and you can you, you still have that common ground. Well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm the same. Like. I, I struggle, like, I've never been into sport or anything like that. Music's my thing, and I know it is. I have no interest in that kind of world. But but I can sort of relate that to, like, the dating world. Oh. When you're sort of, like, flicking through whatever. Yes. And you're like, oh, God. oh this guy's got, he's got, like, a Bronco shirt on. He's, yeah. he's going to be you know an AFL dickhead. Yeah, fuck Oh, him. he's holding a fish in this photo. <laughs> yeah. But the same thing. Aren't I'm they just, all, though? You, oh, that's terrible. But the same thing. I'm just a fucking 
and everybody is just yeah. a fucking critical bitch, you know. I know. <laughs> but do you know what? I think this is and Ron and I talked about this in the podcast, but this is the like the beauty of the punk community and also the the crutch of the punk community is that when we were growing up it created this environment for me to exist as me being me in this world i got it it's my team it's my tribe like yeah. they fucking get me and we listen and you hear that song and you look over at your mate and they're like ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like so that true. is something so fucking amazing <laughs> yeah, in that moment exactly. and you can't replicate that outside and no. then you get outside of it and then you're talking to your mate that likes country music and you just want like i need to leave yeah yeah <laughs> it's like the bubble right it's yes just, yeah, and people outside the bubble have very yeah, like little... Un- yeah, what the fuck do you do? It's like, there's always a conversation, like, it's so typical of people that play in bands. Someone at work asks, you know, like, yeah. I've got to work, and, oh, you play, play in a band, do you? Like, tell me about it. And you just try and think of a way to sort of relate what we do on, like, a level that they kind of understand. Yeah, that they're you know? going to get. <laughs> but then at the same time, then we get that thing where we're stuck in the bubble, it's our own echo chamber, and then, yeah, you miss out on opportunities to meet cool as shit people that yeah, you'd never... True. Like, I would have never imagined myself in a dominatrix dungeon. Like, I just, there's no hope. I would have never considered it. I'm such, like, a weird, sexually repressed human. And then I went in there, and I was like, fuck, these people are. Yeah, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, had I been that person my whole life, I would have never learned how to do Muay Thai. And Muay Thai was the main thing that gave me the confidence to start making more artwork and do a podcast. I would have never done it. Honestly, I had Mm. no self-confidence. I was this like tortured writer in my head. Oh, I just make art and I cry and I drink whiskey and Mm. like I'm depressed most of the time, but that's just me and it makes me interesting. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I don't know. What makes me interesting is like figuring out how to have enough confidence to communicate with other people and share it with the world. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, man. And to, weirdly, you have to do that, like, by punching someone in the Yeah. Yeah. connection between those two different worlds and to find yeah. that the, the, the common ground's fucking cool. It's so awesome. Yeah, yeah it's shedding layers, man. Mm. It's exactly that. It's finding different ways of expanding yourself. Yeah. And the fucking journey's infinite, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so what's next for you guys? So how can people find you if they want to find you? Um, so what are we doing? What are we got coming out? So we're putting out our, our album out really soon, actually, in the next couple of weeks. Oh, cool. Um, I think we're aiming for like mid-May, maybe the 17th. I don't know when this is going to sort of come out, but yeah, we're right. aiming. Okay. Um, and then, so we're on a, actually had a bit of a low period at the moment just because Ben had a baby about 10 weeks ago. <laughs> our oh. band members keep having babies. Keep so. having yeah. babies. So I'm going through that How whole thing How dare they? Yeah. Like it's, it's <laughs> so selfish. Yeah. And then we, we, we crammed like a couple of shows in like last month or whatever. And now Pete's expecting his baby any day, any day soon. Now. So like the last half of the year is like going to be a lot busier for us, I think. Okay, So we've cool. just sort of written off the first half. Just done like a few, yeah, a few things. But yeah, the album's coming out soon, which we sort of worked on all last year. So it'll be good, good to get that out into the world and then from there hopefully go play some shows around the country and good shit catch yeah, up with cool. some friends and Emmy's yeah. off on a solo tour with oh, yes. uh, Laura Jane Grace and Murder by death, death which is going to be awesome yes whoa sick yeah so that's in June so it's coming up really quick oh that's we're, fucking awesome are you playing any Gold Coast shows no just Brisbane Brisbane, oh, well, Brisbane, Brisbane I'll Sydney. be here for that. That's yeah, easy. Doing the whole lot, but yeah you'll have to come to Brisbane okay yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> please I'll come do. see that yeah. yeah yeah oh that's so cool Awesome. All right. Well, um, in the website, Instagram. Uh, websites, thecutaways.com.au. 
Ben handles all that. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> that's the cutaways. Right. The cutaways accommodate you. I think they. I think. I mean, just search the cutaways. I think. Yeah. I think cutaways the cutaways Brisbane. Brisbane. Briz is the is the Facebook and yeah, the Instagram yeah. is the cutaways underscore. I think isn't it? Just just type into just, just the, cutaways the cutaways Brisbane. Brisbane. There's two bands <laughs> called the Cutaways. If it's if it's a bunch of old bearded guys in America, that's not us. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Bit all of a different right. sound to us too. You know, there's two hammers too. I've done that before. I keep tagging hammers like this band in fucking Norway. They're oh, like, yeah, right. they finally wrote me a message like, this is not this us. Is not yeah. Oh God, so easy Bet you wish that, you were right? though. There's too many bands on this planet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys Ooh. so much for the chat. Thank so you so much. Thanks, uh, thanks for having us.